Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. The historic barn off of Mill Street at the former McLean farm has been vacant for many years. Now spearheaded by the McLean Land Management Committee and the Belmont Historic District Commission, a public process is beginning to determine the barn's future use. In the meantime, during this summer and fall, the exterior of the barn has been cleaned and stabilized thanks to a grant from the Community Preservation Act project approved by town meeting. Here's an update on the stabilization and on the reuse process reported by BMC volunteer David Webster. Belmont began as a farming community and what could be more emblematic of agriculture than a, than a beautiful barn? The McLean barn is the last remaining structure associated with the McLean farm which was part of McLean Hospital. It is a New England style banked barn. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places as part of the McLean Hospital National Register District. The work being done this summer and fall is uh, primarily building stabilization work, protecting it from the elements, making sure that it's not vulnerable to uh, vandals, by securing windows and graffiti removal. We're doing uh, cutting, pointing, removing the graffiti, washing the whole building, sealing with a brick sealer and some steel replacement and brickwork just to stabilize the building for so they have a future use for it. The best way to preserve this building, aside from the physical work to make sure that, the, that water doesn't get in, is to ensure that we have a viable future use, consistent with the goals and objectives of the McLean Open Space. A facilitator has been chosen to organize meetings, focus groups, discussion sessions, so that residents can talk through the process of deciding the best possible use, possibly multiple uses, for the barn. We've heard a few ideas. They include environmental education, office space associated with the open space or the cemetery, equipment storage. Another idea is a maker space where a group of artisans and craftsmen would come together. So my suggestion is to watch the um, announcements for land management committee um, meetings and times when we'll be holding uh, stakeholder meetings and a public process um, to welcome your ideas about um, what the barn should be. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts this past summer adopted a permanent increase in the fees which go to support the Community Preservation Act. As the town of Belmont begins its deliberations over what CPA projects will be funded in, in town this year, the Belmont Journal caught up with Margaret Vallee, chair of Belmont's Community Preservation Committee. Vallee talks to us about the impact that the state funding decision will have on the town of Belmont. The state adopted a new increase in the recording fees at the Registry of Deeds, which go into which feed the the state CPA fund, 
And that's the fund that gets distributed to the half of the towns in Mass and cities in Massachusetts that have adopted the CPA. The Community Preservation Act can only be used for three things. So open space, well, actually four things, open space, but open space includes outdoor recreation. Um, and then you can use the CPA fund to preserve historic resources, buildings and resources, um, and to create and support what's called community housing, which is essentially affordable housing. It's the CPA term for affordable housing. So each, each town that has a CPA, Community Preservation Act fund, two sources of um, money go into it. So first is locally generated, and that's a surcharge on our property taxes. Um, and then the state matches that. So the purpose of the Community Preservation Act is to help preserve our, the, the state's communities. That's why the act was passed. Um, and so in our town, so many projects that wouldn't get funded have been funded um, by CPA. Playgrounds maybe eventually would have gotten funded, but it, you know, they may have been 10 years later. Um, they would have been rehabilitated. But um, so we're able to get a lot of things done, I'd say earlier, and that may not be on, you know, the top of the list for the Capital Budget Committee, um, get funded by the CPA, have been funded by the CPA. Grove Street, um, a number of years ago, the town funded um, a uh, master plan for Grove Street, and the intergenerational path was one of the projects in that master plan. So they came before us for CPA money, and they, one year they got money for the design of it, and then the following year they got money for the construction, and the construction's underway right now. Um, you can't predict what the state fund will collect each year because it depends on the number of um, fees that are collected, but it should more than double what we've gotten from the state, or close to more than double what we've gotten from the state in the past. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. We have with us today Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, there has been an ongoing discussion about whether the new middle and high school should have an orchestra pit, and we're moving toward a decision. Uh, the decision is, is coming very close, but it seems as now, as it, as it stands right now, there will be an orchestra pit um, at the theater in, in the new, in the new um, high school portion of the building. Um, what, what, what occurred is that there was no orchestra pit originally in the designs. Uh, that was simply because the, um, the Massachusetts School Building uh, um, uh, Authority doesn't really require it. So, so, so the, so so the designers just, just put it in there. Uh, then, it, then a lot of parents of, um, of music students, parents of music students, palms, uh, other supporters of the arts, and the arts department within the district sa uh, stated, we really need a pit because if you don't have a pit, it's, it's because there was no um, space uh, uh, in the new... Um, uh, theater where you could have a band and the band would be really small so it would be likely that when you have these musical when you have the musicals for the high school and the middle school they'll have to use professional uh, people instead of students how did people react to uh, one comment that i remember <laughs> that uh, well this is only a high school production right it was uh, it was uh, well it was bob mclaughlin of the uh, of the building committee uh, 
who stated, well, you know, it's not a professional performance. Um, why do we need this? Isn't this a luxury? Because, and he made a, made a good point. He said, there's a lot of things that, w that we, you know, blood, sweat, and tear to, th you know, we had to make a hard decisions about a lot of things that really affect the school. Now you want to put a, um, a, a pit in there? But what you heard in response was that this is more, this is also an educational, um, uh, it will help the education of, of students uh, because you'll be able to utilize the uh, stage much more. You won't have band equipment on there. You'll have it in the pit. The pit also allows more students to play in those performances. Well, and Belmont it has standards regarding its performances, its musical performances. <laughs> That's right. that that other communities don't have. I mean, let's be honest. So. You know, Belmont always comes. Uh, you know, we have to give. Uh, uh, you know, uh, our 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 arts department and and the people who direct the uh, shows uh, a lot of credit because you know the musicals always come back with a lot of rewards. It's a, a wonderful um, um, uh, program that we have, and it, and it certainly is uh, beneficial. So, th and that's what really carried the day. It was um, uh, that this is much more than just a luxury. It really will help. Uh, students and it will help everything. It's going to be about $150,000. Um, the, the Palms uh, group, the, uh, they, they've made suggestions that once it's built and once it's uh, ready, then they'll fundraise and, and make it a little bit better with, with, um, with other, th other aspects that they can put into the pit. And there are reasons that the fundraising cannot occur before the high school is done. That's right. It's, it's simply a, 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 a one of the regulations that, um, uh, that, the, uh, that the Massachusetts School Board of Authority says is if you fundraise, then they'll take money out of the, the equal amount of money out of the, pro out of the uh, building. So... It's, it's, a, it's a wash one way or the other, so you can't do that. But your call is that we should look forward to having an orchestra pet. Yes, I think so. I think there's an overwhelming uh, desire. And it's, not, and it's not like it's a, a half a million dollars, as one person said. It's not half a million dollars. It's not, uh, and, and, um, it's not a million dollars. It's, it's $150,000. It's probably something that they, they can find. Okay, let's uh, move to town meeting. Uh, <laughs> the, the issue of roll call voting is an issue we're not going to resolve today, but uh, can you briefly bring us up to date? Sure. Um, uh, there was a public meeting um, uh, about uh, the roll call bylaw and, and how it's changed, the three things that are going to change on it, which is basically any two-thirds vote it will automatically go to roll call. Um, and uh, so what we heard is a lot of passion uh, just among the uh, people who came to the uh, meeting, so, uh, one, you know, one, on one side, it's about transparency and about representative government and how you should, everybody should know how you vote. The other side was uh, bullying, uh, vote shaming, um, and just, you know, I should be able to vote and not be scrutinized for that vote. It's going to be a, a, a wide-ranging uh, debate at town meeting. And town meetings should expect to spend an entire night <laughs> on roll call voting. Bring your coffee and your uh, pillows. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing us up to date. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, editor and publisher of the Belmontonian. Belmont Center has a new eatery. Jamaica Jeff's is a new restaurant open on Leonard Street. Joanna Juvelis gives us a tour. Welcome to Jamaica Jeff's. Come on in. So what the feeling here is, you step off the street in Belmont on a cold or warm day, and you step into an island. When you come in, the first thing you might notice is a lot of colors. And there's 20 flags on the ceiling that represent the 20 biggest islands in the Caribbean. 
There's pottery on every table. All this stuff is beautiful. It was made in the islands. Most of it in Barbados. All perfectly lead-free and easy to eat on, super safe. Something we've just come up with recently is to think about, you know, fun, interesting coffee cups. You come in, you pick your own. There's about 80 in the store. This one of my favorites has a giraffe. There you go. A little bit of a cheetah. Some of them have sayings on them, like it's going well. Hopefully it will. One of the centerpieces of Jamaica Jeff's is going to be the bar. Um, we did get approved for the last all-alcohol license available in Belmont. So there's only eight. And I'm waiting for that to come back from the state. So in the meantime, the city's approved it. We're waiting on the state, but we can do BYOB. Hey, if you step this way, you'll see behind the glass two big 36-inch charbroil grills. So we have 72 inches of flame with six burners, and we're gonna cook everything we can on the grills, even your pancakes in the morning. So you're gonna get all your jerk chicken, your jerk pork, your French toast in the morning. Everything we're gonna do, roast right on the grill. I gotta introduce you something super special. First of all, great friend, great person that I've known since 2008, when I was living actually in Barbados at the time, working out of US Embassy. Lisa Alexander, master chef, level three, level four, right? So Lisa has come to help us open She's gonna be here for many weeks. She's gonna help train myself and some other people that she's gonna leave behind to be experts in cooking. You know, come in here, get a Caribbean jerk chicken, jerk pork, jerk ribs. We're gonna do specials like, you know, curried goat sometimes. We have jerk chicken soup. We're gonna do a full breakfast with a kind of a Caribbean flair. I might even have, you know, eggs and cheese and a wrap with jerk sauce and sausage, like a Jamaican Tostito in the morning. So I think the public's gonna really enjoy this Caribbean flavored food. And I think a lot of people in this area know it well, but there's really nothing like this in the area. I can promise you that. Yes, excellent. Thumbs up, two thumbs up. <laughs> Highly recommend the coconut shrimp, the burgers, the ribs were unbelievable. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Joanna, there is this proposal for a gazebo or a bandstand in Payson Park, and it's still up in the air. Can you tell us about it? Absolutely. Payson Park Music Festival, as everyone knows, has been a 29-year tradition in Belmont. It's a summer concert st series started by Belmont resident Tommy Olson. So for several years now, she's been trying to get community preservation funding for a bandstand to put in the park to protect the instruments of musicians who perform there. What, so in case it's raining. Exactly. In case, for whatever reason, all of a sudden there's a shower, these sure. instruments are protected. There's really no other reason the bandstand is, is needed, only for that reason. And also to keep um, things like the speakers on tripods and wires and whatnot away from kids running around during the yes. concerts. and she came very close last safety spring. reason. She did come very close. In fact, there was an article for a $90,000 request for CPA money for a bandstand. She had a drawing and everything. She wasn't at the town meeting because she said she had a broken collarbone. And what happened that night is one of the um, abutters, Linda Oates, actually a town meeting member, said, we did not know about this. We never saw the design. Letters weren't sent to the abutters. And this should be postponed. And as it turns out, that was, that was the truth. Letters were sent, but not to a Butters, and they were from 2017, the letters that she submitted with her application. 
But it, it, wasn't there another application process this year? Yes. Well, as it turns out, she missed the deadline for the application process this year, but she, but she hopes to apply for the next cycle. So in the meantime, they had a meeting this past week. The Rec Commission had a public hearing with a new gazebo-style design because Linda Oates specifically said at the town meeting she didn't like the farm stand look of the other design. So she has a design and she wanted feedback and what happened was all these abutters showed up at the meeting. They, they didn't had a, like it. Yeah, they had a petition signed by 31 people against a bandstand. And do you want to know why? Uh, tell me. They are afraid it will be a magnet for uh, teens, you know, hanging out, people drinking, smoking marijuana, graffiti. Was there an alternative proposal? The alternative, which people are saying they would prefer, is a temporary structure that could just be there for the concerts in the summer. And then they would like to see all that other CPA money that was going to be spent on a bandstand spent on beautifying that park. And it's a lot of money, it's right? $90,000? Right, right. So $90,000 that wouldn't be spent on the bandstand, but uh, or improve. would be spent on a temporary structure that right. would go up each year and come down right. at the end and of the season. Right, and that wouldn't cost $90,000, okay. right? Well, let's close the door on that and sure. talk about uh, Captain Her. Uh, Belmont yes. is losing one of its... Yes. Favorite police uh, officers. His retirement was celebrated on October 11th. His last official day was October 12th. 26 years of service to the town of Belmont. Captain since 2007, I believe. 2007, Is yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And just, uh, you know, overall, actually, yeah, overall, really great guy. <laughs> but Everyone, no one can say anything bad about Captain Her. But he, he's not... Um, going somewhere else. He, in fact, he's is retiring. retiring. He's retiring. He said, you might see me detailing once in a while, but he, he wants to enjoy, you know, the rest of his life. And uh, Now, is there a possible connection between the police chief search and replacing Captain Hurt? Well, the might only there... connection I see, that, that it's a civil service position, so it's a different process. So you have to take a test. There's a test that, that the candidates have to take. So it's a different process. There won't be a screening committee for the captain position, but it sure. will need to be filled. And I'm thinking potentially maybe one of the candidates that wants to be chief that doesn't get selected, maybe they'll decide to go for the captain position. There'll also be a possibly um, another position. We'll see what happens if, if the assistant chief does get promoted to chief, then there'll be an assistant chief position. So we'll see what happens. We don't yeah, know. That's great. Well, our best wishes to, yeah. uh, uh, to Captain Her, who is retiring after 26 years of service to the town of Belmont. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. You can read about these and more online and in the print edition of the Citizen Herald. October is Fire Prevention Month. The Belmont Fire Department held an open house this week to increase awareness on fire prevention. BMC's Jane Peters was there. Good evening. Tonight is the uh, annual fire prevention open house here at the Belmont Fire Department. Uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. We uh, run an informational session. We provide pizza to the uh, people that come and visit us. That's uh, sponsored by Papaginos. We provide drinks and other things that are sponsored by Star Market. So it's a night to come out, visit the fire department, and uh, maybe learn something about fire prevention or EMS, uh, Emergency Medical Services. 
October is Fire Prevention Month, but the focus, this is Fire Prevention Week, where most fire departments try to get out uh, into the community and uh, provide some fire prevention awareness to the citizens in the community. So if they're young, we want to make sure that they uh, know to stay low and go. So if there's smoke, they stay low to the ground and uh, exit. Uh, as they get older, we talk about exit plans and things like that uh, in the homes. Everybody should have two ways out. And then we move on, uh, and the adults will talk about smoke detector placement and carbon monoxide placement. We will actually be doing a demonstration a little bit later on uh, cutting up a car out in the back ramp. Uh, the, the firefighters will be in their turnout gear. It gets the uh, kids familiar with what we look like when we're coming to their houses. Uh, and earlier tonight, I actually got a big smile and a high five from a family who uh, their kids uh, have issues when the fire alarm goes off in schools because the elementary schools, they're very loud. And uh, there was concern, but uh, they've now moved on to the middle school. And I was standing outside of her classroom and gave her you know, wave as she went by and she gave me a high five when she came in tonight, so that was great. So, uh, we're here to help the citizens, small or large. Here's BMC's Jane Peters to tell us about all there is to do in Belmont in the coming week on our community calendar. Hi, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. The Belmont Public Library is haunted on Tuesday at 6.30 for an evening of sleuthing and ghost hunting at a murder mystery party. Everyone has a role to play as you solve a murder at the library. Register on the library's website. The hunt is limited to 50 players. The Belmont Youth Commission sponsors a presentation by Ben Speaks on Tuesday at 7. Students will learn the power of thought, gratitude, affirmation, and forgiveness to build self-esteem and become emotionally resilient. This presentation will take place in the Select Board Conference Room in Town Hall. BHS bands will be performing a program on Halloween-inspired music at their Masquerade concert on Wednesday at 6.30. Performers and audience members are encouraged to dress up in their Halloween garb for this family-friendly performance. Parents of special needs students can learn all about their child's Individual Education Plan, or IEP, on Wednesday at 6.30. The Belmont CPAC brings the Federation for Children with Special Needs to Winbrook to discuss why IEPs are important, how they are developed, what to do when you receive one, and your due process rights for resolving disputes. RSVPs for this presentation are appreciated by email by emailing belmontcpac at gmail.com. Belmont Books presents a writer's craft on Friday at 7. Writers Julie Carrick Dalton, Sonia Larson, and Tim Weed will be discussing cli-fi or climate fiction. What is it? Who's writing it? And where did this genre start? Learn more about the authors and this event at belmontbooks.com. The Belmont STEM Fair seeks to inspire children to explore science, technology, engineering, and math subjects. This open house is for parents, children, and teens looking for STEM programming featuring anything from robotics to astronomy to game development and more. You can visit the fair on Sunday the 27th from 1 to 4 at the Lexington High School Fieldhouse. This fair is organized by Belmont blogger Boston Tech Mom. The Belmont Hill School's Landu Gallery is hosting an exhibit of oil paintings by Belmont resident Marie-Cécile Schiermeyer through November 4th. 
The show, titled Reimagined Landscapes from Southern France to New England Shores, can be viewed on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays between 9 and 4.45, and on Wednesdays and Fridays between 9 and 3. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.